0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Gene Therapy. I'm Coach Gene Clemens. Thank you for joining me, CWN Sports. Um, Hopefully you've um, checked out the um, Put Your Capes Down column and and podcast that I did about the Mina Kimes and um, Jeff Garcia situation. Um, Hopefully both sides saw where I was coming from. Um, in it, But at the same time, it's just my thoughts, you know, what I was thinking at the time. I've been quoting a lot of Jay-Z lately. Well, I, I tend to quote a lot of Jay-Z a lot because that's my dude. And um, one of the things that that um, they say is, he says is, you know, people say they made hove, made hove say, okay, so make another hove. And I think about that when I think about football in basketball especially because you see that these are sports that are dominated by men of color and um, heavily populated by men of color and yet the power structure is set up to where we don't see a lot of men of color in power positions like head coaches or GMs and non-existent as owners. Um, I I think that, well, I don't think, I I know and many people have said before that a lot of the issue with why there are not more black head coaches in the NFL and GMs in the NFL is because all of the owners are white. And when they go out to hire people, they're going to hire, in in their opinion, like-minded people that they have things in common with, and that doesn't always ring true for the man of color. But this, this Brian Flores thing is different, because behind the scenes, many of us have long have long suspected that it was more than just it, it was more than meets the eye. That there were other things at play. Um, I mentioned a week or so ago on my Talk Spicy podcast that I found it interesting that Brian Flores was hired, I mean, was 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 interviewed by the New York Giants, and then less than 24 hours later, they named Brian Dable as the head coach. And at the time it went on deaf ears, like a lot of the the issues that. Um, black men in the media or or black men that have voices might say when it comes to the hiring practices of the NFL. But it wasn't lost on me. I thought it was interesting because I knew they had already um, interviewed black men for the head coaching job. So what would be the reason of, of interviewing Brian Flores? Well, here's the thing. It's not just good enough to interview A random black person. You have to interview black people who actually have legitimate qualifications for the job. And so, while people could argue that Patrick Graham has legitimate qualifications for the job, he's done a great job as the defensive coordinator for the Giants. Do you really do you really fire the head coach of a failing team? and then hire an assistant coach off that same failing team. People would look at that as if they've kind of skirted the they've skirted the 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 avenues of the Rooney rule. And so in Pops Brian Flores, hey, let's get a guy who everybody believes should still be a head coach, interview him. And now we've interviewed a legitimate head coach before we go out and do what we were going to do anyway, which is to hire Brian Dable. It didn't sit well with me when I saw it and then to get the news of the lawsuit by Brian Flores saying that he has proof and then showing the proof of text messages from a respected source, Bill Belichick, who was informing, who was, who was Telling him congratulations, thinking that he was speaking to Brian Dable, who, by the way, if you haven't been paying attention, cut his teeth under Bill Belichick for years before he moved on to Alabama and then to Buffalo. Telling Brian, quote unquote, Brian, congratulations, seems like you got the job. He thought he was talking to Brian Dable, he was actually talking to Brian Flores. And then says, oh man, I effed up. And even with that, even with that knowledge, the NFL, less than 24 hours before the thing comes out, puts out a statement saying that the allegations are false. And that's where we land ourselves at. Because as I'm recording, it has been, it has been announced that Rams offensive coordinator, that the Rams offensive coordinator is going to be named as the new head coach in Minnesota. By the way, Minnesota, where they hired a black man as a GM. So even in places where black men have been hired as GM, all of them now have White head coaches underneath them, and with that, I welcome in Chris James. Chris James, a football game plan, also chopping it up with CJ. Um, his podcast on Spotify, Anchor, wherever else you might get your podcast from. Chris, thank you for joining me, man.
1: Thank you for having me on, Gene.
0: It, it's a, it's a, it's a topic that I, I think it really kind of gets all of us in a, in a very unsettling unsettling position because we know we we speak about these things um amongst friends we talk about these things in our these things in our circles and we try to and I know and I know I know for a fact we really legitimately try to give people the benefit of the doubt um I know you've been someone that's been adamant about making sure that you look at things not through um, colored lenses, but look at them as they're as they're approached to you. So what was as they're presented to you? So what was your thought process when you saw this information and this lawsuit come out from Brian Flores um, against the NFL and specifically the Dolphins and the Giants?
1: The first thing I thought was, <laughs> this is the for a league and an organization and the overarching situation that is the NFL and people involved in it. It's like three stooges. And I mean that from the perspective of you had a team that the giants handled this poorly. First off, if you really knew you wanted Brian Dable, you should have interviewed Brian Flores first, just so you covered all your bases. But you know what, maybe I'm giving out too much on this one. Number two, Bill Belichick with the text messages, which part of me might say this, Maybe because Bill's sitting where he's sitting and he's saying, this is BS. He decided to kind of slip that joker in with a believable lie. Oops, I made a mistake. Nah, let me blow this up. That could be part of it too. But everything just kind of, this confluence of follies shows me that people are willing to look silly, look foolish, be ridiculous for two reasons. Number one, they're not going to change. And number two, No one cares if they change and when i say no one the people who could push them out do something about this see the rest of the owners if they felt like this was a problem could be pushing out the owners who are the problem right but if they all feel the same way at least like 25 30 of them this type of stuff's not going to change and it made me feel really crappy for brian flores who's in a position and i felt like i've been in that position in certain points in life never to the extent that he's been where you can be great at your job, and it doesn't matter a bit, because the people who have the the ability to affect your job, really don't even want you there. So it, it just all made me feel just I left, but then I was also angry. It was the weirdest feeling sitting there immobile, to get this news and then see how everything transpired.
0: Yeah, and 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 I think you make a great point because I thought I thought about that as well. It was this really a mistake by Bill Belichick, or was this a carefully crafted chess move to say, Listen, listen, um, Brian, they're screwing you on this. I'm going to send you this text message, we're going to have this exchange, and then I'm going to make it seem as if I made a mistake. You go in and still do this interview. And then do whatever it is you need to do with this. But I want you to know, because Bill Belichick's untouchable. That's the that's the best part about it. Bingo. Is Belichick? You you're not going to fire Belichick because he texts Brian. You're not going to fire him because y'all because you because the Giants were shady. Right. Like Robert Kraft's not going to blow up his team because the Giants were sh, were, were shady. You're not going to run out the greatest NFL head coach in the history of the sport because of the, the, the stupidity of the, of the giants. But so I thought about that. And I also thought about the fact of this for all the people who, cause could, you know how it goes when, when Flores comes out and says, Hey, you know, um, this is the lawsuit people shoot back. And, and, and I, and I said it earlier this week, what did what did people think he was gonna do? They were already discrediting him before he came out, talking about he was he, he doesn't have any people skills and he doesn't get along with players and he doesn't and that he wanted they used him wanting Deshaun Watson as a negative, except he's not the GM. He's not the one that 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 was making the moves to try to get Deshaun Watson that was the GM but he had to take that and, and the and the the sad part about it is is they 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 try to discredit his name knowing that if he ever wants another job again he has to shut up and take it right yep. he has to essentially do what Raheem Morris has been doing for the past 10 years he has to sit back and allow people to 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 poo-poo on his name to make it seem as if he wasn't as good as he was at his job. Remember, Raheem Morris won 10 games one season. 10 and 6. He won 10 games. I don't care how the games got won. You win 10 games in a season, you should not lose your job the next year. When in your tenure as head coach, the team has spent zero dollars on free agents or on any type of upgrades to help you as a coach. They were legitimately pinching pennies to get the contract of you, Manu, you, man, you man yep. and to get the John and get the John Gruden contract off their books, because remember, they were still paying Gruden. Yep. At the time, so you're talking about a team that set Raheem Morris up for failure from the beginning. They brought this man and made this man the defensive coordinator before they ever hired a head coach. Then came back and said, "Hey, go home, put some different clothes on, come back. We're gonna we're gonna interview interview you for the head coach." And at his age, he went out and did whatever. He he, he made it happen. And so now after he was summarily fired he doesn't drop back to a coordinator position he had to drop all the way back to an assistant coach position he was back to being a wide receivers coach and then built himself up again over the years and over the years and is on the is on the brink of winning A Super Bowl as a defensive coordinator and yet I have not heard a word about him in these head coaching searches.
1: Even more so, last year people forget, the Falcons, didn't they start off with some of the the weirdest losses going 0-5, onside kicks and foolishness, and this guy took over one side of the ball, looked good, took over the other side, and all of a sudden, he's an head coach, he looked looked competent. Everything always looked competent. And he comes in and for my money, did a better job than Staley the year before with this team. Oh, for sure. So it's just a, it's, it's very odd that when you see that sort of meteoric rise, a guy who already had head coaching experience, had a winning record in one season at his age, and he's not the hottest name. Like we talk about the enemy as we should. Morris never gets me. It's almost as if he did something to someone in the league and you know, or, or did something egregious outside. And it's none of that. It's just he can't get on the ship. And I don't understand it one bit. There's, there's him. There's Jim Caldwell, who I actually said, I, I mean, I, I understand he was 90. The man's not that old. He, I thought he should be the New Orleans Saints' next head coach, considering how that team and that situation mm-hmm. set up. But there's so many guys that they become afterthoughts after a chance that look like you or me. And then you see these guys who are these wunderkinds, these geniuses. And I'm like, show me the proof and the pudding from their resume. And they don't have a lot to stand on except for some positions that, you know, aren't that impressive. And then it's an after the fact. Well, you know, things didn't go well for them because this might have been the case at that. When you could tell when they were hired, case important, Matt Patricia, when he was being hired, I could tell you that he was going to lose much games. That was just my opinion. And then I ended up being right. And people say, well, you know, they didn't have the requisite talent, this, that, and the other. You mean the team that just went to the playoffs a couple of times? That's not like a perennial powerhouse? That just fired their coach because they weren't winning enough? It's just, it, it's, it's continuously this thing where it's not consistent. They don't use the same rule set to move people up or out. That they use for some other folks, and I'm tired of it. I'm damn sure they, these coaches are tired of it because they're the ones going through it.
0: Yeah, I mean Kevin O'Connell, the the offensive coordinator for the Rams, who just who has been announced or or has been reporting reported that he is going to be the next Vikings head coach. His that offense it has not been fantastic all season. It's haphazard it's based off stars. It's based off stars. Like Cooper Cup has had to have his one of the greatest receiving seasons in the history of the game yeah. in order for this offense to be good. They added, they added a transcendent talent in Odell Beckham Jr. when they lost another extremely good talent in Robert Woods. You've got three running backs. You've got offensive linemen all over the place. Like, And then you went out and mortgaged the entire like future to bring in Matthew Stafford, who has been one of the more like underwhelming quarterbacks when it comes to elevating his team to wins. Yeah. And so now you've put everything together, but the constant has been this year. When we're not playing well on offense, that defense is going to do the trick. That defense is going to get it done. And we've watched as all of these people that are up underneath the McVay tree that look like McVeigh go out and get other jobs. We've watched as these other people underneath the Shanahan tree that look like Shanahan go out and get other jobs. Why is it that the Tony Dungy tree stopped at two? This is a man that everybody respects as one of he's one of the most respected coaches to ever come through the NFL. Integrity. His tree has Lovey Smith and has Herm Edwards. That's it. That's who you get off the off the Tony Dungy tree. Lovey e. Smith, Herm Edwards. And I'm sitting here going, okay, um, where are the rest of those guys at?
1: You're not going to find them. And, I mean, the easy answer is because there's racism that exists in the NFL, just as there is that exists in this country. That's the easy answer. But there's a lot to get there. Right. So one of the things I want people to understand this, we understand this. I've talked about it on my podcast, chopping It Up With CJ. You're under the impression that owners in the NFL care about wins. Some do, maybe even the majority. But there's some owners who don't care about winning at all because it is easy money in the NFL. So instead of trying to win, they'd rather be comfortable. And the way to be comfortable is to keep people that maybe you deal best with around you. All right. So if that's the case, they have no, no, there's no encouragement for them to try to go out and get the best coaching candidate, go out and get this. They'd rather offer you hope and offer you something that seems like it's a good thing. Then actually go out and do the work and get something that I can actually win. Again, Keep asking yourself this question, folks. There's a lot of turnover in the coaching positions, right? But it's the same teams, same ownership groups, and they keep making the same mistakes. They're not making the, the, the choices that you would expect them to make. And even when they do bring in someone who actually does win or does better than expected, like David Cully did better than expected, they get kicked out. And you have to ask yourself the question, why? Why, if these people are exceeding expectations and actually trending in the right direction, or they didn't let go.
0: We we you know off my I think this was last night. We were talking about something that um or we started talking about something that would was almost like a revelation. We were saying that what if the plan isn't predicated on not hiring black coaches, but hiring black coaches for the specific for the specific job of failing, because we 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 talked about it and we've heard um um I, I think it was on was it on the the, the podcast, the new podcast with Fred Taylor and and, oh. and those uh what is the name
1: of it? The one that broke off for I am athlete. Um
0: yeah, the one that broke off I am athlete, um, that I actually like way better than I am athlete for, for for obvious reasons, if anyone's ever listened to I Am Athlete. Um, the, but in there, he intimates that there was a pay structure that got boosted because of losing. And we, we can argue, or we could, we could debate how much we want to take what, you know, Hugh Jackson says to light, because we know that Hugh Jackson has been one to cry wolf. Um, we'll, we'll keep it. We'll try to keep it as yeah. civil like that. He's been he's been one to cry wolf. What we can't argue is that when Hugh Jackson was actually allowed to do his thing, he did have some success in Las Vegas or at the time, Oakland.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and now with him being at in, in at Grambling, we expect Grambling to be better. But we can't we can't act as if these things aren't necessarily true because in the case of somebody like Hugh Jackson if that was the case it makes sense because their philosophy was one of tanking we're going to lose on purpose we're going to we're going to gather all of these assets we're going to lose on purpose gather all these assets and when we're ready to win we're going to purge Right, we're gonna purge and, and get rid of the elements of the losing that we don't want to be associated with the winning. Well, that would be the head coach, that would be the GM. Yeah, out went Sachi Brown, out goes out goes Hugh Jackson. So it's not out of the realm of possibility, especially when you consider back to the Flores um lawsuit, him him saying or or accusing. The Dolphins of treating him a certain way because he was going to was was Don't trying to win instead of trying to lose because they wanted to tank and he didn't want them to tank. Remember in Buffalo when the Bills actively tried to lose and so they sold off all of the offensive weapons for Tyrod Taylor. And then Tyrod Taylor said, hold my beer. And then put all of the bums that they had left there on his back and took him to the playoffs. What did they do afterwards? They traded this man to Cleveland. <laughs> they traded him to Cleveland where they were really trying to lose and where they had just gotten a, first, a number one overall draft pick. And they actually took a step back in a a second step back in the organization in order to get the quarterback that they really wanted in there. That's how much they wanted to lose. Never forget that. Josh Allen took over a playoff team. So while everybody is talking about how Josh Allen has, has elevated and how Brian Dable has done, blah, 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 blah. I want you guys to remember that that team was a playoff team before Josh Allen showed up. And then they had to lose and build it back up and go out and get one of the most dynamic wide receivers in the NFL in order to get that thing back rolling correctly, where Tyrod Taylor was doing it with... I can't even name the receivers. They, they Remember, they traded away Robert Woods. They yeah. traded away um, um, uh, the receiver... With the with the with the with the um with Baltimore who they traded to the Kansas City. Sammy the Watkins. Watkins. They traded away Sammy Watkins. They traded away Robert Woods. Um, I believe they they released Kelvin Benjamin. They had Kelvin Benjamin at that time. They released him. Might have been he was coming in. I can't remember exactly on what it was, but they had they had they had so many weapons. They they, they got rid of LaShawn McCoy. They had LaShawn McCoy there. They got rid of LaShawn McCoy. They had um, Carlos Williams. They got rid of Carlos Williams at running back. They got rid of all the weapons. This dude was out there throwing to dudes. He was just out there throwing to cats. And he took that team to the playoffs. And then they brought another guy in. That That's a microcosm of what we've seen when it comes to the black and white within this within this world and so for for me I look at these things and I look at the way in which they are I look at the way in which they they are wrapped the way, the way that they are covered and I'm like I don't know what's going on but it doesn't it doesn't smell right it doesn't feel right and so for the NFL to come out and automatically say, "Oh my gosh, um, these allegations are 100 percent false," um, we 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 don't believe anything that we say. I wanna I wanna find exactly what they said because I don't wanna I don't wanna you know sell them short about you know what they said. Because I think it's it's really interesting how they have um, they have shaped themselves and, and they've made Flores into the enemy. I think that I think that's a I think that's a big thing. Um, and 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 as I look that up, I want to welcome in to Ron Davenport um, of of ESPN does a great job on the Titans beat. Um, TD. Uh, welcome to the, the conversation, man.
2: Appreciate you having me. What's up,
0: fellas? Uh, hey, we're we we ain't feeling the best. This yeah. this this Flores thing is for, for lack of a better word, got me really hot because I, I don't like I don't like the fact that the first thing to come out from the NFL was to make it seem as if this man was just lying. The and I wanted to read the statement. It says the NFL and our clubs are deeply committed to ensuring equitable employment practices and continue to make progress in providing equitable opportunities throughout our organizations. Diversity is core to everything we do, and there are few issues on which our clubs and our internal leadership teams spend more time. We will defend against these claims, which are without merit. My immediate thought process when I read that was my immediate thought process when I read that was, how can they be without merit? Are you not watching? Are you not looking at the same text messages that we are looking at? And if you are and you're saying that they're doctored or that they're not true, it's a really easy thing. Have Bill Belichick come out and say that that wasn't the truth. Right. If it's a lie, Bill Belichick should be able to just come out and say, no, 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 no. I sent those to him after he had interviewed for the job and blah, 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 blah. That's not how it went.
2: I think before all that, just the fact that they that quickly came out with a statement is is ridiculous. And I was watching uh, uh, Brian Flores and one of his lawyers on I believe it was. I want to say it was get up. It may have been uh, CBS. It was one of those. But he made a really good point, uh, Brian Flores' lawyer. He, he said uh, <laughs> the NFL took more time investigating infla- deflated footballs than they did this issue. So that lets you know right there where their stand is on it.
0: Yeah, and, and I know, um CJ, I know you've got to go, man. Um, what, what was your thought process when you heard that response from the NFL?
1: One thing stood out, and it was the, the last portion of the statement. Meritless. Mm-hmm. If you've done no investigation, if you've not looked into anything, you cannot say that there's no merit to it, exactly. even if it's something you don't agree with. Exactly.
0: Absolutely. That's that's the part that really got me. It's like you you you've you've been boosting this guy up as one of the upstanding coaches in this in this league for the last three years. Hey, you know what, Brian Flores? That's a guy who does it the right way. That's an upstanding coach. And then immediately when he says you've done something wrong. Which he can prove, you go. This is meritless, which means you're saying he's a liar. That's essentially what you're, you're saying. He's a liar, and then my my response is, why would he lie? Uh, CJ, I know you've got to go, man. Um, make sure that y'all follow um Chris James on on all the social media at CJ Florida Nine. Make sure you check out chopping it up, um, chopping it up with CJ on Wednesdays, Thursdays. Sorry, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or That's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday.
1: That's the NBA from back in the day. No, it's uh Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Wednesday,
0: Thursday, Friday. Um, you know, um weekside Wednesdays,
1: Turf um, Talk Thursdays, Turf Talk and Thursdays, and fantasy football Fridays, fantasy
0: football Fridays. If you're in if you're in fantasy, if you're if you're into the the front office side, the control, the mechanisms of the game. CJ is definitely the guy that you want to follow, and he's the guy that you want to listen to. Chris, I, I know you got to go. I appreciate you joining me, man.
1: Thanks for having me on, Gene. I'm sure the rest of the discussion is going to be excellent because these two guys know what they're talking about, folks.
0: Absolutely. And and, and TD, I, I, I go back to this whole lion thing because it, that's the part that really irks me about any time Black men in positions come out against the way something went on they they'd immediately go to oh he's using the race card mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and to me my thought process is okay here's Brian Flores you know who has just finished up what we what we can call a successful tenure as the head coach of uh, the Miami Dolphins right he's 40 years old. He's 40 years old. He is a pup in the game when it comes to time to still be a head coach in the NFL. He's a pup. So now, at 40 years old, he's willing to destroy his entire career for a lie? Right. Uh, yeah. And before you joined us, CJ and I was talking about it, but we were, we were talking about the fact that Raheem Morris has been fighting this fight for double-digit years now Mm -hmm. to get back to a level where he should be considered as a head coach. And as right now, he and D'Amico Ryans are right there for the two best defenses in the league. Him, D'Amico Ryans, Todd Bowles, although I don't know what Todd Bowles was thinking on that last play versus the Rams. Todd, man. You hurt my heart as a Bucks fan. You hurt my heart. Um, but he and D'Amico Ryan's both black men, Tabos, black men, all three of them have three of the best defenses in the league. And so for for them to then look at Brian Flores and go, Brian Flores is willing to, he's willing to give up his entire career because he's radioactive like anything that comes with him right now is going to come with some backlash or with some amount of 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 press of scrutiny of whatever that that they that they're not looking for so it's like I don't know why people believe that Brian Flores would destroy his NFL coaching career for a lie, because it, it's it's pretty it's pretty like believable that he could just go back into the coaching ranks, land at land with the Patriots land with one of these other good programs good teams put together another year two three four five not even be anywhere near 50 and take another run at head coaching jobs because there's only 32 so it's not like we it's not like these guys are are, are going anywhere These guys who are in the NFL, they want to be in the NFL. They don't want to do recruiting. They don't want to deal with with classes. They don't want to have to worry about um, curfews. That's not what they're they're here for. They're here to coach football. So um, I know a lot of people keep saying, oh, well, these guys should just go to college or whatever, but. These guys don't want to go to college. That's not where their passion is. That's not where what they want to do. They want to be at the level that they're at because they believe that level gives them the best opportunity for success. That's where they that's where their their cup is is fullest in the NFL. So, we think that a guy who's worked as tirelessly as Brian Flores has worked is willing to then destroy his entire career for a lie. That's what the NFL wants us to believe. That's what the Miami Dolphins want us to believe. That's what the New York Giants want us to believe. They want us to believe that this man ru- like actively ruined his world just just to lie. Because again, this isn't like, you know, some of these other situations where, oh, well, you know, once this is over, you can just go and find another company to work for. The NFL is the company. This is what happened to Kaepernick. This is why Kaepernick never got another opportunity because. Kaepernick was hamstrung by the fact that the company that he sued was the same company he was trying to get a job by. And the narratives being put out on him was that the reason he didn't have a, the reason he wasn't going to get another job was because he wasn't that good until you go back and you look at his statistics his last season where you're like, well, but those, those are way better than some guys who were starting. But that, that's the narrative that we were fed. And it was it was the media fueled off of what they were hearing from their sources, quote unquote, that fueled those things. Look how quickly media members started coming out and denying or, or falling on the side of the giants when it came to this issue. So many, of them, so many of them were coming out and saying, oh, well, I can tell you with certainty that this is not the truth. Really, you can. Because if you know that it's not the truth with certainty, that means that you had firsthand knowledge of it before it happened. And if you had firsthand knowledge of it before it happened, then that means you knew information you had no business knowing And you still broke the rules. Like they would have still, if they were telling you the same way they told Bill Belichick, if they were telling these media members the same way that they told Bill Belichick, hey, we're going with blah, blah, blah. Then that means that they told information that they were supposed to keep secure but we see it all the time. How quickly did the media reports come out negatively towards Brian Flores once he left? Like once he left Miami, all of the reports coming out of Miami about Brian Flores was negative, were negative. All of them. Not one positive thing to say about a man who made your team relevant. Can't say great, but the man had your team relevant. Your first season, you were trying to tank. He refused to tank. He kept on trying to get better. The team got better. The second year, winning season. The third year, winning season. What else you want out of a coach, right? And so now that guy with that resume and that level of integrity that you all told us that he had, that level of this is a leader of men that you all told us he was, that you all informed us that he is, that guy decided to turn his back on The shield. Just because he was bitter. Not because there was any merit to what he was saying, but only because he was bitter. If I am to believe that. If I am to believe that, then I must believe that you guys were lying about who he was the entire time. And then it gets into the into the other parts. Why was he ever hired? Why did you ever put up with them? The bottom line to me is the Dolphins wanted Brian Flores out because they really thought they were going to get Jim Harbaugh. That's what it is. Hey, it's Jim Harbaugh time. As soon as the Jim Harbaugh rumor started popping, Brian Flores was fired. I don't find it. I don't find it. Amazing at all. It makes perfect sense to me. If I want to hire somebody and I don't want to be considered to be tampering or doing something wrong, I need to get rid of the guy that I have in there first. Whether he deserves to be fired or not. And we all know he didn't deserve to be fired. We all know that that was BS. But we have to make it seem as if he deserved to be fired. So now, yeah, he was having some issues with the GM. So now, oh, yeah, he didn't get along with the quarterback. He didn't really want the quarterback. He actively went out and tried to get another quarterback. Oh, well, he doesn't get along with any of the young people. Guess who gets along with young people really good? A college coach. What college coach could you be talking about? Uh... Jim Harbaugh. So now everything is in place for the okey-doke. Everything is in place for the setup. Everything is in place to make it seem as if Brian Flores is in his thing. And then these other teams start using Brian Flores, who is a well-respected, qualified head coach with a winning record. They are going to now use him as the we need to interview this guy for every position so he's getting all of these interviews in places where we don't think he actually is going to get a job because they're hiring all of these they're they're out here trying to hire all of these offensive wonderkins as 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 CJ eloquently puts it They're out here trying to hire all of these offensive guys who are young and supposedly hip and supposedly super innovative, except when we watch their offenses, the only one that looks innovative, and we've said it before, the only one that really looks innovative is the one in Kansas City, and that's the one with the brother as the offensive coordinator that all of you keep telling us doesn't call call plays. But Andy Reid, the head coach of the team, keeps telling us, calls the plays. I mean, I don't want to hold you, but it seems, seems pretty obvious to me. We've got the Kaepernick situation just now with the coach. The only difference is Kaepernick didn't actually have any real legitimate proof. Think about this. Kaepernick didn't have any real legitimate proof that they were blackballing him. He didn't didn't have any concrete proof because if he did, we would have known about. So he didn't have any concrete proof. But these text messages are pretty darn concrete because again, if they're not concrete, if they're not the truth, then it's really simple for Bill Belichick to come out and go, "Hey, those emails—I mean, those those text messages—they have been doctored. Those text messages have been have been set up to look away that they didn't look, and here's the text messages. But I guarantee you, not only will you not find the text messages from Bill Belichick." he ain't going to say a word. Because like CJ and I were talking about earlier, there's a chance that he might have actually had a role in designing this. And guess what? It's okay. Because some of the best things in the world that have done with, with the advancement of color people, the advancement of people who don't look like the ones that are in power has been through strategic planning. Strategic planning has gotten it done. Strategic planning is what's been necessary in order to be successful. That's it. Strategy. I know that I have the queen. I know that I have the bishop, the knight, and the rook. I'm just waiting to put you in a position... That I can say checkmate. And that's what's been done. But as we see from the hire from Minnesota, even this news, Flores, has not stopped these NFL teams from still just hiring the guy they were going to hire before, which is a guy that does not look like Brian Flores. So then what do we do? How do we I've already discussed the fact on my um Talk Spicy podcast everyday everyday Monday through Friday um in the mornings that I have a that I think that it's the players that have to be the people who 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 affect the change. But how can they affect change? Well, number one, here's here's what it is. Players, do you actually care? Because if you don't actually care, then all of this is moot. Because it's cute to say we want more head coaches, black head coaches. It's cute for us to say that. But if the players keep just going and playing for the white head coaches, then do we really want more people of color as head coaches and it's no offense to robert sala but that doesn't get the job done so we ask ourselves those tough questions as players we we would have to ask ourselves excuse me not we I don't ever want to make it seem like I'm an NFL player i was not good enough the NFL players have to ask themselves that question. Do we care? Because if the answer is no, then just go back to doing what you're doing. This is never going to change. But, but don't complain about it anymore. Stop complaining. Because you get what you get. You get what you deserve. The second thing that you could say is, okay, I do care. But what can we do? Number one, we can stop worrying about money. Stop. Stop allowing these teams to whore us out. Stop allowing these teams to pimp us. To do all of this stuff that we may not do what well, we may not want to do, but we do because we ride with the shield and we ride with our team. And then number two, I'm sorry, number three, be willing to sit out games, be willing to sit out games, to forfeit game checks, to make it possible for you to make demands that will only be, that would only allow you to go back to working once the demand was filled. And be willing to lose money. I'm going to say it again. You've got to be willing to lose the check. You've got to be willing to get rid of the check. Because if you're not willing to get rid of the money, if that's not where you are, Then these things never work. Civil overtures are needed if you want to make these changes. It's not my fault. I didn't, I didn't do it. I didn't make the I didn't make the rules. I didn't set up the way in which these things work. The glorious revolution. Anybody remember the glorious revolution? Getting in my nerdy bag. Getting in my my nerdy my nerdy bag um for a second. Right? Because the glorious resolution was the events of um 1688, 1689, when King James II of England left. He was like, you know what? He's like, you know what? you guys don't want me here, I get it, I'm out of here. And what that did was that saved a lot of lives because that king could have put up a fight and killed all of these people who didn't want him around. And those people would have killed other people to try to get to him. And eventually they would have succeeded because that's how revolutions work, right? Eventually the person that's the oppressor or, or perceived as the oppressor they get, they get found, they get got, they get killed. And this, 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 this king went. Y'all don't want me? Cool, I'm gone. Here's my, here's my, here's my daughter and her husband. They can rule. No bloodshed. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the only time in the history of 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 what we know with man. When power was was given away without some level of major conflict. So the only way this thing is getting done in my mind is if the players sit back and say this is not about money. This is not about stature. This is not about collective bargaining. This is about right and wrong. We make up 70 plus percent of this league we want representation at the head coach and at the gm position by this percentage put it out make a make a legitimate make a legitimate um point stand by it and say we're not playing until it happens until it happens and then call that call those teams bluffs i want to know what what nfl team believes they can field a squad without black players on it Go right ahead. Let me let me I mean, let me see what that's going to look like. I can tell you what it's going to look like. Yale Harvard. That's what it's going to look like. You want to see Yale Harvard every every um Sunday afternoon? You want to see Yale Harvard on Monday night? You want to see Kobe versus um Kobe versus Bates? Kobe versus Bolton? That's what it's going to look like. A bunch of teams full of white guys who are good dudes and probably good players, but are not the best of the best out there. That that thing will dwindle quickly. And because it's not about money, guess who's not coming across the picket line? Any black people. Unless you're a tiki barber. I guess if you're a Tiki Barber, you might come across, because apparently he's in love with the Giants and the Giants organization and what they do. The the audacity of us to think that the Giants, who've had all of one black GM in their entire career, who they blame for everything that was negative and don't give any positive um, attribution to.
2: They say that the T I'm sorry, TD. go ahead. Wasn't he a a GM when they won a Super Bowl?
0: Yes. And you know what they do? They give the credit to the previous GM that was there before him. Mm. They say that that team was put together by the previous GM. It's not by him. How that
2: works. It's it's interesting
0: how that works, right?
2: That whole, the Tiki Barber, the comments that he had, those were really interesting to me because it was almost like, and we said and i said it in the group chat it was like that well how can i be racist when i have a black friend like it, it was it was that type of situation in my opinion as far as the, the Maras and and the tissues and i think if you look at the bottom line is black leadership has not truly been represented with that organization and i think with this whole thing with, with brian flores and him being a token interview or potentially being a token interview, this is a good example of it, because how many times have you seen them tied to a, a Black head coaching candidate, right? When, when McAdoo was there, I don't recall any true ties there uh, nope. to, to a Black candidate. They fired McAdoo, and uh, the Joe Judge situation was always a mystery to me, and it, it never had any Black candidates uh correlated to, to that either, even though Eric Bieniemy was a very, very capable candidate and, and the guy who led it, you know, helped lead the Chiefs offense to record-breaking numbers and to winning a Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, and, and that's but that's what we're saying. It's like the, this isn't this isn't this isn't going to change by the hands of the people who are not on the front line. Unfortunately, where we are now, T D in my opinion this has to be handled by the players it's the only way this thing gets done players have to go in there and demand it if they care and that's what I that's what I was saying if they care they got to go in there and demand change mm-hmm. not hey in in 5 to to 8 years hey in no 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 we want it right now Fire these other dudes, get them cats out the paint, give them their nice checks. The same ones that you give black people when you, the black coaches, when you fire them before their time's up, pay them out. You have the money because the NFL prints money. And now put some brothers in those places. And don't tell me there's not enough qualified guys.
2: Because we know that's
0: a lie.
2: And you know the situation where that really should have applied is Houston. And you go back and you look. I mean, I was at that game, right? The last game, the season finale. This team had, number-wise, nothing to play for. But they fought tooth and nail with the Titans all the way up until the final second of the game, right? So, it's very clear that he didn't lose that locker room. David Coley had the Texans basically at the same record that they had the year before without, without with none J.J. Town. Watt. And with all of the nonsense that was surrounding that team, how can that not draw any type of extra merit or consideration when you're looking at that? But more importantly, to your point, the players really should have stood up and, and said, hey, look, we want Coach Coley to remain here, we don't want change. And now look at this this franchise, they don't have a coach still.
0: And 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 from all intents and purposes, all of the information we hear coming out of there is that there's there's strong consideration in hiring a coach with no coaching experience.
2: <laughs> Crazy. Joshua So,
0: so, so now David Cully had to wait. 30-plus years for his opportunity. Gets one season with the most dysfunctional organization in, in the league this year. One, not putting any money into weapons, not trying to retool, just trying to get through a year with no starting quarterback, and then with the guy that I brought in as the starting quarterback getting hurt, and then when he comes back, all, strangely being told, that that guy no longer can start, we're going to go with this rookie who many of us didn't even think belonged in the NFL, and you still have them competing, and you have that quarterback looking competent, how do you not keep your job? Better yet, if you're going to get fired, how are teams not looking at you as an immediate replacement going, the Texans screwed up? right but that's what but that's what it means when we say this is going to come down to the players because we people people in the media we can scream to our heads come off because but we also know there'll be people in the media who are going to do the job of the NFL they're going to do the job of the teams. they're going to say, hey we need these narratives out there. They're gonna push those narratives. Mm-hmm. The only people who have to be who can be above reproach reproach are the people who turn dollars into cents.
2: And, that's the, and that's the
0: players. If they care. And if they don't care, then okay, cool. I don't ever want to hear you complain about anything ever again. Malik, um, you know, you know, Malik from Blitz magazine. Malik Span, he is he's still upset that none of the coaches that were in the league at the time, the black head coaches, came mm-hmm. to the defense of Colin Kaepernick. And while I and while I agree that that's an issue, it I don't agree that it should somehow mean that people shouldn't come to the defense of black coaches. Right now.
2: All right, two wrongs don't make a right. Now is the time to correct the
0: situation exactly. and show the power of, of unison. Exactly. Now is the time to show, hey, if the the coaches would have came to the defense of Kaepernick, maybe he doesn't get blackballed. Maybe he is able to continue his career. Maybe people can hear the legitimate message that he has. But that wasn't done, okay. That was an opportunity lost. Here's another opportunity. And like I said earlier, a better opportunity, in my opinion, because there's legitimate proof. Right. Like we all, we we all know that Kaepernick was getting blackballed, but we can't really prove it. These text messages, these text messages are are undeniable. It's what it's what it is. And if it's not. Then help, Bill Belichick, where you at? Come tell us because come tell us he's lying. Well, that's the
2: whole thing that's really interesting to me. It Bill Belichick hasn't come forth and said anything. Exactly. And he hasn't been required to. So my thing is, if you're saying it's without merit, how are you, and so quickly, did you ever even look into it? Because if if, if you actually looked into it, you know, Belichick would be required to say something. And he hasn't. So that tells me, that it just further proves that they didn't even look, they didn't even investigate this thing. It
0: just. if built. it's And if it's without merit, then you're saying Bill Belichick's lying. Because on the text, he says, I heard you got the job. I heard, I heard you landed it. That was his words. I heard you landed the job. Mm-hmm. I heard it from both sides. The man said he heard it from New York and from Buffalo. So you're not only saying that Flores is lying, you're saying that Belichick is lying. and I'm gonna wrap it up here because I know I gotta get, I gotta get up off, but I really and truly believe this is the time for the black players, for the players of color to unite everybody and say, this is going to happen right now. this I don't want to put a plan in place, Mm -hmm. For it to happen five years down the line or six years down the line. I don't want to put a committee in place to discuss and look at it. Nope. There are how many head coaching openings left? All of them should be filled by brothers. You know those head coaching spots that you just gave to white guys? Tell them sorry. We need those, we need those occupied by our brothers. We want a certain percentage of head coaching jobs. The same way that there's a salary floor for your salary cap to make sure that you guys don't underspend. That's the same way we're going to need a a, a black head coach floor, a black GM floor. So if if you want to, if the Pittsburgh Steelers wanna fire if they want to fire their black head coach and we say that the black head coach floor is 12 coaches, guess what? Pittsburgh Steelers are obligated to hire a black coach. And now put the onus on it. Y'all either you're going to do this or we're not playing and see what happens. See what happens because Nothing's going to change with me yelling into a microphone. Nothing's going to change. The the NFL is bulletproof. Doesn't matter what happens, what they're involved in, how it goes down. People are going to watch the NFL. Mm -hmm. So if that's the case, then the only way this thing changes is from the inside out. And since we know the coaches don't have the power and we know that the GMs don't need to have the power because they like it the way it is, what else do we do? It's the players. They've got to be the ones.
2: Yeah, I mean, the, that's that's the product, right? They put the product on the field. So I, I feel you on that. Man,
0: TD, tell, tell the people what you got going on right now, man.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, it's... It's all season for the Titans. They fell short, you know, but uh, we, we got a lot of draft stuff going. i uh, talking with TD, the podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and just steady uh, articles, you know, on
0: ESPN.com regarding the Titans. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, um, if you if you want to find out whether or not the Titans are going into next year with Ryan Tannehill as the as as the quarterback. TD is going to be the guy you want to make sure that you're you're paying attention to. It'll be Thanks interesting to see what happens in that situation. Like, yeah. can you can you continue to, you know, keep pushing the chips to the center with the guy? Is that the guy, or at some point do you have to say we've got to upgrade from this guy? Well, it,
2: it, they feel they have to be great around them, so that's that's what they're looking to do. Be great around them. Uh more power to them because when you got Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow on the other side of the, the, the field.
0: That's, it's gonna that's, be tough. <laughs> it's Justin Herbert, it's gonna Justin be tough. Well. It's, it's, yeah. it's rough out there. It's rough out there in the AFC right now. It's 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 crazy waters. And it, it's really interesting too, um, because Jameis Winston's still out there. And there's a chance that he could end up in Pittsburgh. It would look nice with Steelers. And the I'm yeah. telling you, if he ends up in the black and gold, woo, <laughs> they may never, they may never get, they may never get that guy out of the head coaching seat up there.
2: <laughs>
0: if he's able to land, if he was able to land Jameis Winston up there and essentially hit rewind on Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, come on. That's well, you know awesome. he loves Malik
2: Willis. Well, that's Malik as well. He loves Malik Willis. So. Malik
0: as well. You know, I think I think it's still, and we we all know it's still going to be a learning curve for from Malik. Yeah. But you drop Winston in there right now, ain't no learning curve. He comes in ready yeah, to that's ball, ready to go. Yep. He comes in ready to ball. So even if I, I think I think if if the Giants are 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 looking, they they may they may look at a Malik Willis um, knowing that they're going into next year with Daniel Jones. That Mm. really gives, that really gives a guy like Willis a chance for a red shirt year. Um, And then if, if Jones isn't the guy, you've got Willis right there. And I think, I think people are going to be able to get Willis with a discount because we see it every year. These, these minority quarterbacks tend to, they tend to drop further than you would believe minority quarterbacks should drop. Dude. So I would not be surprised to see Malik Willis go in the second round or even the third round. Like I would not be surprised. Would I do I think he's a first round talent? Yes. Do I do I think that other people realize that he's a first round talent? Yes. Do I think there are morons in these first, these front offices? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, um, make sure that you, um, you follow, you follow, um, Teron on, on social media at, um, T Davenport NFL, T Davenport NFL, right? T Davenport
2: underscore NFL, yeah.
0: underscore NFL, T Davenport underscore NFL. You can find them on Twitter. He's a great follow. Um, you know, make sure you check out those Whiteboard Wednesdays um, that he does as well. I'm pretty sure you'll be, you'll be cranking those back out as well. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm Coach Gene Clemens. You know where to find me. I'm at Gene Clemens. Uh, check out all of the Gene Therapy podcasts and Gene Therapy col- columns on CWN Sports. Make sure you check out Talk Spicy in the Mornings, uh, Monday Monday through Friday mornings. Um, sometime usually around seven o'clock, seven, 7 a.m. Um, and and until next time, ladies and gentlemen, y'all keep your head up, keep fighting a good fight. Peace.